Hello, welcome to the Money Bites podcast, where we talk about crypto, personal finance, and everything in between. My name is Lulu, and today we'll be talking about stable coins. What are they? How do they make the financial system better? And how can you take advantage of them? If you're joining us for the first time, please remember to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Let's go. So, it's time to tell ourselves the truth. Cryptocurrencies have a major flaw. Right. I mean, everybody thinks cryptocurrency is the future. I still actually really believe cryptocurrencies are the future. But um, cryptocurrencies have a major flaw, and that flaw is volatility. You know, since the cryptocurrency industry kick-started following the aftermath of the 2008 um, financial crisis, right, the industry has grown to about um, a $3 trillion industry. And um, Bitcoin represents over 30% of that industry. So, yeah, everything looks good. But the major flaw with cryptocurrencies is volatility. Crypto volatility makes it extremely difficult for people to use it for common use cases like lending and um, buying goods and paying for services, right? Because imagine you have, say, one Bitcoin today and um, you need to pay for maybe your dry cleaning or maybe you need to pay for maybe some goods that you bought at the supermarket, right? The volatility of crypto basically means that the price keeps going up or it keeps going down. The price is not stable. So if you're a business and you accept payments in crypto, it could mean that if you set a price for a particular good or for a particular service, it could mean that in the future, the price you set for that service because of the price volatility of cryptocurrencies might not be enough to cover the cost basis of that service. So this is the major problem and the major pitfall that cryptocurrencies face when it comes to user adoption on the on the larger scale but what if there is another option and that is where stable coins come in stable coins are a new form of cryptocurrencies right it's actually a growing cryptocurrency market that started about three years ago with um platforms like MakerDAO, like um platforms like theta like usdc and the difference between a stable coin and a cryptocurrency is that a stable coin is backed by a real world asset so that real world asset could be commodities it could be actual fiat currency and it could be even other forms of cryptocurrencies right so what makes a stable coin different from other forms of cryptocurrencies one you can't really trade a stable coin because the price is meant to be stable the price isn't volatile it doesn't change so you can't trade it it's it's possible that the price can the price for a stable coin can change but our rate of change is very very little very very minute so maybe For instance, USDT is pegged to the price of the dollar, right? So what that means is that one USDT is redeemable for one US dollar. So, of course, there could be a plus or minus um, difference between the prices. So sometimes one USDT could trade for $0.99 and sometimes it could trade for um, $1.0. But it's never more than plus or minus um, one cent to the price of the dollar, right? So also... Another difference between a stablecoin and a cryptocurrency is um, stablecoins are similar to fiat currencies in the form in, in, and, and other assets like precious uh, metals because the price isn't volatile really. So you can easily use them for monetary transactions. You can easily use them to pay for goods and services. Stablecoins also have assets backing. That is, for you to be able to issue a stablecoin as an issuer, maybe you're a company like, um, okay, let's say you're a company like circle or theta and you want to release a stable coin right you need to have let's say you want to release a stable coin of say a billion dollars 
you need to have a billion dollars of real world assets so if you're a stable coin that is backed with maybe precious metals like gold right it means you need to have a billion dollars of worth of gold in a vault somewhere so it allows you to be able to issue stable coins that are backed by that commodity which is gold or maybe you are backed by a fiat currency like maybe us dollar or maybe um, british pounds or even e-naira like nigeria's um stable coin it means that you need to have an equivalent amount of real world assets it could be money it could be fiat money it could be commodities in a vault somewhere that is tied to the value of stable coins that you want to release into the market so that gives us a an understanding of the difference between a stable coin and a, and a normal cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, Solana, and all the other cryptocurrencies you have there. Let's talk about the different types of stable coins. So you actually have four major different types of stable coins. You have fiat-backed stable coins, you have crypto-backed stable coins, you have commodity-backed stable coins, and then you have algorithmic-backed stable coins or algorithmic stable coins so a fiat backed stable coin is very simple it just means a stable coin that is backed with fiat money usdt is an example of a fiat backed stable coin e-naira is an example of a fiat backed stable coin also sorry i forgot to mention there is also one other type of stable coin which is called the central bank digital currency the e-naira is actually an example of the center of a central bank bank backed digital currency right so a fiat backed currency is basically a, a stable coin that is pegged to the value of a fiat currency so an example is the usdt popularly called um usd tether and also the usdc which is pegged to the value of the dollar so one usdt is equals to one dollar so like i explained earlier on if you're going to if you're a company like usdt now you're a company and you want to release your own stable coin it means if you're going to release one dollar of a stable coin it means you actually have one dollar in a bank account or in a vault or in a custody of another finance company or another asset management company so that's how a fiat backed stablecoin works so you also have something like a crypto backed stablecoin so without getting too technical a crypto backed stablecoin is basically a stablecoin that is backed by the value of another cryptocurrency an example of that kind of a stablecoin is something like wrapped btc right wrapped btc is not exactly a stablecoin but it's actually a form of um, of cryptocurrency that is tied to the value of Bitcoin. So the value of wrapped BTC is always going to be equal to the value of, of Bitcoin. There are a variety of crypto-backed stablecoins. You have wrapped ETH, you have um, MakerDAO, a whole lot of them. You have um, DAI as well. So this, all of this forms different types of cryptocurrencies backed stablecoins. You also have the commodity-backed stablecoin. So this is a stablecoin that is backed by a real world assets a real world commodities like maybe gold for instance right you have um tether gold which is a very popular one and um, a whole lot of other ones as well the third type of stablecoin is an algorithmic stablecoin right and an algorithmic stablecoin is a stablecoin that is not backed by any form of real world assets or commodities right so unlike the fiat backed stablecoin or the crypto backed stablecoin that is backed with um maybe fiat money or an asset like gold or maybe a cryptocurrency like bitcoin an algorithmic stablecoin isn't backed by any form of real world assets but it's a stablecoin that uses an algorithm or code to modulate the supply of 
the stablecoin in the market based on demand. So basically what this means is that there is an algorithm that modulates the supply of that stablecoin in the market. So if there is if there is too much of that stablecoin in the market, the algorithm automatically burns a part of that stablecoin. So what that means is that it takes a part of that stablecoin out of circulation. And then if there's too little of that stablecoin and there's a lot of demand for it, it means a new set of stable coins right and adds it to the to the to the money supply so it kind of it's kind of like how you have the f- normal um um market functioning right so the central bank can decide to increase or decrease money supply depending on um certain monetary policies but unlike how you have it with central banks algorithmic stable coins are based on markets of uh, market demand really so that's the third type of stablecoin and then you have the final type of stablecoin which is the central bank digital currency so a central bank digital currency is basically a stablecoin that is tied to the value of a particular country's fiat currency so in nigeria a popular one is the e-naira which is tied to the value of the naira so one e-naira is equal to one naira basically and um, the central bank digital currency forms part of the total money supply in a country so what central banks use the central bank digital currencies for is to actually push forward financial inclusion so what that means is that there are a lot of people that maybe do not have access to bank accounts and all of that so they can use the central bank digital currency to bridge that gap right so i mean it can also reduce costs for cross-border payments amongst other things so we talk about how stable coins can improve the financial system so there are four major ways that stablecoins can improve financial, the current financial system. One of it is remittances, privacy, um, payments, and um, financial inclusion. So when you talk about remittances, basically remittances is when you have a relative abroad and then your relative wants to send money to you in Nigeria, or maybe your relative wants to send money to someone in Ghana or whatever country that you live in. So stablecoins actually make it easier for you to actually do those kind of transactions because what it means is that for instance you don't need to use western union or other remittance platforms to be able to do that also you don't need to open an account a bank account that supports the kind of currency that you you're trying to 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 receive from from a partner also beyond remittances stablecoin can also help you to facilitate cross-border payments so for instance you're a business owner you live in ghana and say you sell um, maybe kente clothes online and um, you don't want to only sell to to your Ghanaian um, customers, you want to sell globally, you know, you can put your prices in stable coins and then you start receiving payments immediately. Actually, this is one of the uh, of the products that we actually offer at Quiver Finance as well. So what that means is that you can create an online store, right? put your goods online and then you start receiving payments in maybe usdt or any other stable coin that you like so it automatically gives you access to a broader market right rather than waiting for your fellow Ghanaians or your fellow nigerians to patronize you you have a global market that can actually buy your goods and you can support them so naturally if you wanted to do your business in this kind of way it means that you needed to first of all open a dollar bank account or a euro bank account to receive the pay, those those payments and it's usually not very easy to 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 get to get those accounts open because of 
um, statutory KYC requirements, right? So a lot of people do not have the required documentation to open these accounts, you know. So it really, really stifles your access to the global market, basically. So this is one of the things that stablecoins can do for you. The other thing is privacy, right? So we talked about the requirements to op- for opening a, a normal domiciliary accounts, right? If you want to open a domiciliary account in Nigeria, you know, you need to bring two references of people in a, in a particular bank that you want to use that already have a domiciliary account. You need to bring your, uh, your address, your identity documentation and all of that. Of course, these KYC requirements are very important because they're used for preventing money laundering and facilitating other forms of criminal activities, right? But for most people, most people find it difficult to present this documentation because, I mean, a lot of people don't have driving licenses. A lot of people don't have um, any um, valid identification. So obviously, they're automatically excluded from, from the financial industry, right? I mean, from, from financial services that can actually boost their businesses or even make their lives better, you know? So this makes it very, very difficult for them to take advantage of global markets and take advantage of of, of of financial systems that can actually change their economic reality. So stablecoins actually help you to bridge that gap. Also, remember in the last episode, we talked about cypherpunks and basically the belief of cypher, cypherpunks is that people should be able to make transactions online and also keep their privacy. Nobody needs to know who you are when you're trying to make a transaction. Nobody needs to know how much you have in your bank account because you're trying to make to do an online transaction. Nobody needs to know where you live or what you look like. I mean, it should be, people should at least have their human dignity and their privacy, right? When transacting online. And that's what privacy is all about. And stablecoins allow you to achieve that. So in essence, I already talked about financial inclusion and payments in, in the two sections I already talked about. So I, I don't think we need to go over that again. But the idea is that stablecoins allow you to connect the unbanked and underbanked part of the of the of the society to the financial system you know i already talked about cbn releasing the e-naira right and the rationale behind releasing the e-naira is actually to onboard more people into the financial system right nigeria as a whole has over 40 percent of its population adult population really not having access to financial services you know and what that means is that you don't have access to loans you don't have access to savings you don't have access to um, sophisticated financial um, services that allows you to actually, you know, change your life, basically. So stablecoins actually bridge that gap and allow you to fit, to solve those problems. So obviously, we've been talking about how good stablecoins are. Obviously, there has to be some some risk with it, right? <laughs> I mean, there has to be some 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 cons, right, when you talk about stablecoins, right? All cryptocurrencies really have risk. Even Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all other, even non-stable cryptocurrencies have risk. But stablecoins have peculiar risk, you know, intrinsic risk that attach to them. So one of those risks is the stablecoin itself losing its peg. So when you say stablecoin loses its peg, it means that the stablecoin is no longer equal to the real world assets that it is backed by. So remember I said, for instance, you have a fiat backed stablecoin now, like the USDT. If the USDT is no longer equal, if one USDT is no longer equal to one US dollar, it means that the USDT has lost its peg. So we'll talk about the stablecoin that lost its peg in, in subsequently. Uh, one of 
one of the other issues that you could one of the other risks you could face with a stable coin is market interest so if for instance you have a stable coin that um there is no market interest for it right nobody is interested in using it obviously that stable coin if you use that stable coin on a blockchain where i mean there is no market for it and you have invested your money maybe you have a thousand dollars worth of that stable coin in a platform that nobody uses it means that you will not have liquidity to be able to take that money out of that platform because there is no market demand for it so that's another risk of stable coins then the third one is um the risk attached with algorithmic stable coins right so a very high profile case of such happening happened recently with the UST stablecoin. The UST stablecoin is an algorithmic stablecoin that is tied to the value of Luna, which is the native coin of its ecosystem, right? So what that means is that the market supply of the UST stablecoin is determined by minting new um, UST or burning Luna. So what that means is that if, for instance, you need to increase the market supply of UST, that means that you need to burn one dollar worth of luna and then if you need to decrease the market supply of ust that means you need to mint one dollar worth of luna and vice versa so that's what that's how um, the ust stablecoin works so when the ust stablecoin depegged meaning it lost its peg it was because the value of luna could no longer match the value of ust that was already in the market supply so they could there was no way that um the the usd could maintain its peg and then it lost its peg um this cost almost a wipeout of over 40 billion dollars in the cryptocurrency market right a lot of people lost a lot of money a lot of people who had bought um, usd had to sell it off for 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 pennies on the dollar stable coins are actually risky right but the only way to to make sure that you avoid this risk is to study how the stablecoin is backed and what regulatory compliance the issuer of the stablecoin follows, right? So, in conclusion, stablecoins have actually come to stay, right? We cannot really have an ecosystem, a cryptocurrency ecosystem without stablecoins because people need to make payments and with volatility of other uh, cryptocurrency assets, it makes it very, very difficult for people to rely on those assets to make payments or to use them as a store of value. So stablecoins are very, very necessary. And then, like I said, they also bridge the financial inclusion gap for most people. So with all this risk and all these um, benefits of stablecoins, it means that people need to actually do a lot of research before you pick a stablecoin that you have. You can put your trust in and put your money on and um, use it to facilitate your transaction. So currently on Quiver, we support a variety of stablecoins and um, I mean, you can pick your, your choice out of them. So, but the most important thing is do your own research and choose the best one that works for you. This episode of the Money Buys podcast was brought to you by Quiver Finance INC. Follow us to learn more about how to do more with less. Thank you.